So I'm here with Jewel, and it's been several years we've come full circle. Wow. Jewel was on the original Hustle Guru show on YouTube, 360 degrees, whatever you want to call it later, oh, yeah. with this new iteration. We are back today to talk about all the cool work she's done throughout her life and where you're headed next. Mm -hmm. So let's see what questions I have for you today. Yes. Thank you for oh. having me. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, yes, yes. Whether it's been within film or gaming or TV or, or other startup ideas, you've always had this theme or this driving purpose to improve representation in media. Mm -hmm. I believe it started with your little sister, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't see people who looked like her in the media that she was exposed to. Mm -hmm. So w tell me more about this journey of yours. Wow. And you know what? So I have so much to say here. Um, Growing up, I've always kind of been like this, like always happy and positive, into the arts, all of that stuff. Um, and growing up, though, I grew up in a Nigerian home, so there's very strict expectations, like doctor, lawyer, engineer, or disgrace. <laughs> so, like, for me, I even though I had, like, a passion with gaming when I was younger and I wanted to, like, be a musician and everything, it was towards the um, beginning of senior year of high school, and I was like, okay, like, well, the through line between like gaming and music and social media is technology. So that's why I wanted to pursue computer science because like, okay, cool. This will get me closer to what I want to do. And so I took my first CS course, um, high school year, senior year of my high school. And what was special about that is that my teacher was black and growing up where I did in the suburbs of Chicago, like, let me just say what the suburb was. It's in Naperville. Everyone that knows Naperville knows Naperville. Like, <laughs> it's not the most diverse. But the fact that my- Have you ever seen like Instagram posts where someone is doing some like outlandish thing and they're like, where, where is this? Where, is they, where are they from? And all the comments are like, Naperville. 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 <laughs> oh no. Yes. Yeah, Naperville, Ohio, Schaumburg. <laughs> so as you know, you know what Naperville is. And growing up as a black girl in Naperville, Ooh, trust me, even if you look that up, you'll see everyone has their story. But for me to have, but that shows you, like for me to have a teacher that looks like me, that was amazing. And it gave me that confidence before like the world hit me. They're like, oh, I belong in this industry. So took that course. Uh, I mean, like I took the course um, in high school and then I was like applying to scholarships to study computer science at U of I, University of Illinois. And I didn't get any of them. But the one that I didn't get, it was like the Anita Borg scholarship that was tied to Google's Computer Science Summer Institute. So I got into the camp. And so it was like a three week boot camp where they were like basically showing us like the industry and it was comprised of a bunch of people who were from different groups um and were passionate about different things so again further like building my confidence so again applied to study computer science at university of illinois and i don't get it i end up becoming undecided and i think that's something you'll see as a trend like my where I'm at today is also after a series of rejections and failures. And honestly, I'm so grateful for it, to be honest. So um, anyways, kind of like fast forward. I'm telling you these things because this is the confidence that's building before I'm recognizing, oh, people aren't going to like 
really invest in me or like believe in me in this industry because I'm a black woman. Like I'm, I'm not knowing this yet. I'm still in the dark. So then I go to university, even though not, I'm not fully in the program, I was just pursuing computer science. Two things were happening that freshman year. And this was kind of like the root of why I wanted things to change. There was the up, right? Where I had this confidence, you know, Microsoft recruiters came and, you know, I knew that they were looking for freshmen and sophomores because they had like those kind of, you know, internships. So I was able to like network. And when they came here, like that's how I got my first internship as a developer at Microsoft, because I had that confidence to talk to recruiters very early in, like three months into university, I already had an internship there. But at the same time- At Microsoft. At Microsoft. Three months into college, you had an internship with Microsoft. Microsoft, yes. Yeah. And- Yeah, keep going. <laughs> I know. I'm saying this because I'm like, yeah, no, that was the thing. So, but at that same time, I'm experiencing firsthand folks being like, you're literally, like, we don't think you're smart because you're a black woman. And one someone time, told that to you explicitly, or you mean like it they put like, it, they that's what they were trying to say, but they said it in different ways. Ex that, exactly. I'm okay. gonna explain to you exactly how it was, I was said about to say, me. wow, like, <laughs> yo, yo, we be fighting. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna say that to me, tell me. No, it was in a different way. Um, I told you about the Google camp when I was um taking this freshman honors computer science course, I was in, on a team with all these dudes. Half of them had been at the same camp as me. So I'm telling you, we shared the same steps and coded by each other, okay? So it was already like that. I didn't think, oh, I'm the only woman on this team. I'm the only black person on this team. It's going to be a problem. I'm like, no, I'm working with my, my bros and some folks I just met. And we're going to build this dope app because that's our assignment. So we end up doing an app that's like to, for freshmen to meet each other, whatever. And we're on the, we're at the point where one of my friends had delegated himself as leader. And now it was like assigning what every single person does on this app. So he's like, oh, you code this, you code this, you code this, you code this, you code this. And then when it got to me, he's like, you can draw the logo. I was about to say, he didn't even ask you to code. Yeah. Cause you're not technical, you're not technical. You're not technical. And I'm like, and I'll tell you, I never got a good answer, but that actually was like the seed of You Matter Studios. Because I was just like, no, like, just because of like, who I am, you don't think I'm capable. And that's why I was like, okay, why do they assume that? And that's when I got to media. I'm like, sure, it didn't exist then, right? Like, you're not seeing other black women playing leads of technical abilities. Like, I'm not seeing someone that looks like me that's coding in a TV show. I'm not seeing someone that's look like me that's being like um a gaming producer like i'm not seeing these things and so what can i do to change that and that's kind of like what became my mission and then it the way it's kind of evolved now is i really feel like for us to get to a place where there is that representation or we're genuinely treating people without that bias and like assuming the best in people is empathy and that took me time to really understand that, like... Wait, yeah. You said... Can you repeat that? Assuming the best in people yes. is empathy? We need to have... I'm not saying that's what it equates to, but I'm saying for us to get to a point where we don't negatively have biases about each other from stereotypes that are enforced From something that isn't our own experience. Exactly. From something that's in our own experience. Mm. Empathy is so important. And it's actually like, it's something that you need to practice 
it doesn't just come easy, but take the time to imagine what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. And if you can't, what are you doing in your lifestyle so you're more equipped to do that? Are you actually watching content where the main characters don't look like you? And that goes for no matter who you are, right? Are you surrounding yourself with different backgrounds or does your friend group look the same? Like, and all of that stuff is like, what's going to equip you to be more empathetic. And I think that's how we could truly not just like diversify representation in media because to an extent, like it's much better than it is today than it was like back then. It's mm. going to continue to get better. But now I'm more like, how can we improve representation in tech? Mm. You know, like how can we improve representation in these industries where black people are like the largest in consumers for a lot of these industries, but we have nowhere right. near the representation when it comes to being industry leaders, even though we help drive the culture. So when we did this the last time, that's nice what you, you were working on, You Matter Studios. Mm -hmm. Specifically, you were trying to use virtual reality to yes. create empathy mm -hmm. by making virtual reality films about the relationship between cops and people who got pulled over. Yes. Tell us all about like what was going on. Yeah. So um, You Matter Studios had evolved at the time where we pivoted from being like a game studio to a VR overall empathy studio. Um, and that was because I took my first VR class. And when I took it, I was like, this is a great tool for folks to literally be in someone else's shoes. And so what I ended up creating was how can I really talk about, like you said, relations between police and the black community, but do it in a way that's closer to my perspective. And we don't talk about how much this happens to black women as well. And in my time, when I think about those relations, the first black woman that comes to mind is Sandra Bland. And so that's why I was like, well, I want to honor her. And I was like, I did my due diligence to try to like reach out to the family and everything. But, um, or, and I created my first film on that. It was like kind of talking about her experience. And after doing that, seeing people's reaction, seeing the impact and also meeting her mother, that's what inspired me to create our award-winning film that you're mentioning, The Drive, that reenacts police blow from three different perspectives. And that was really powerful because, you know, we did our due diligence. We worked with multiple police departments to understand their perspectives, which was kind of tough at times, too, knowing my own experiences. But then also we did the time to talk about and talk with families that have been impacted by this. And that's why I really wanted to have one of the main characters be the mother we don't talk about who's left behind. We don't highlight those statistics of like what it's like to bring a black child into this world, especially today. Um, so anyways, it was really powerful, the process of creating it. A lot of great students were working on it too. It was like really, it was one of the highlights of my like college career. But also what was more amazing was the impact we've been able to do even since today. We've been able to have conversations at schools, at universities, with departments. We even had like a mini series called Drive the Conversation, where we always like would talk about what's going on in the world. But it would be a mixture of like people in the police department and just people in the community to show like, hey, building that community, diversifying your circles, having those conversations where folks are ready to like actually face what they're doing. That's how we move forward. And that became the basis of a lot of like what we did with New Matter Studios is like, how do we really build this community and equip them to be inclusive? And a key part of it is 
having the conversations and figuring out how to translate to action. So yeah, it was really, really great. That was a really good experience. It's like over the past few years with You Matter Studios, you've created different tools for empathy. Yes. Whether it's like the films or the clubhouse chat yes. sessions. Oh, yes. I've said that. You talked <laughs> like those. And I think that was such a critical part for what we were doing, especially when it was like heavy pandemic times. Because we, we know clubhouse. Like clubhouse <laughs> I love how we both love, love you, Clubhouse. But like, Clubhouse was the it was that spot where you could like. <laughs> it was stop, stop, stop. Yo, I want the founders of Clubhouse to be like, what the hell are they talking about? No, I'm saying this though as it was an interesting experience. Yeah, and it was. I thought Clubhouse and I think Clubhouse still is very powerful because sometimes there is that nervousness to just be vulnerable or talk to people when it has to be like a video type thing. And there's something about that live connecting experience where it's like, you know, you're only going to get that if you're there in the moment. Obviously, this is before like we were recording things because we really didn't do that, to be honest. And I think that was the beauty of our conversations in the beginning is you were also able to get people from like all over the country and sometimes glow. And I love that we were able to just talk on so many different topics, whether it was like around rights and artists or like talking about trends with like awards shows or talking about literally what's going on or just like having a space of healing. Like we were able to have so many powerful conversations and like so many things that are like, oh my goodness, this is something that we can make or this is, a, this is something we could start. Like it was very powerful to see what happens when you put minds together that really do want the best, but they have also different skills and perspectives. And when you put them together to converse, magic happens. You ended up uh, getting the quintessential <laughs> LinkedIn post where you get accepted to a company in a particular way and people are so excited about it that it goes viral. <laughs> <laughs> Yo! <laughs> it's so real though oh my god you did your homework Ooh, spicy <laughs> that was the best and uh so the, what i'm referring to is what happened when jewel joined xbox at minecraft at microsoft <laughs> yes oh so much about it it was such a it was such a great experience so you know, that's been like my career is like being a producer, but having that specialization as a game producer. And at this point now for a couple of years, and now it's just more like fine tuned. Before I even landed there, because it's important for me to say a little bit about how I get there before I tell you like what it is, if that makes sense. You know, I had the developer experience at Microsoft and then I went full time as a community program manager for gaming for everyone at Xbox. And so we very much focus on like DEI efforts and everything. They add the external- What is DEI for, your, for our listeners? No, that's a good question. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. So they focus on ensuring literally in the name, everyone can play games. So how do we make games accessible? How do we ensure it's like representative? How are we supporting underrepresented creatives? Like how are we really creating the industry and creating that safe space, but also internally, recruitment, retention, all that stuff. 
I was more on the internal side. I worked with like the employee resource groups and these were all groups that like were from underrepresented groups, but in the gaming industry too. So, so, so that was really cool though, to like help with their DEI strategies. But also what was dope about that is that all these groups had executive sponsors and which were also like execs in like gaming industries. So holistically, I had a lot of experience learning more about what everyone did in the industry, but I didn't really know that I wanted to be a game producer. That makes sense. But fortunate enough, like on my role, as I was learning, while I loved working in DEI, I realized that that I didn't want that to be my full focus. I really did miss the product. And that's why I love being like, being loved being a technical product manager is that I really wanted to work towards with the product and like build games, but I didn't want to be the developer because I've already been there. <laughs> and also that's not my passion. Um, and so fortunately, you know, I did networking and I found that there was an opening technical program, more, sorry, it's technical program manager, product program, same thing, but we'll emphasize the program more. Um, I even mix it up too. Uh, there was an opening technical program manager role at Mojang Studios, aka Minecraft. And so I applied, bada bing, fast forward, got the role. Being when I first accepted it, right? I mean, you gave it away. Like when I first got it and I told everyone, everybody was like, oh my God, congrats, congrats. But then I'm like getting reposted by these like big blog sites that like, oh, she got a thing at Minecraft. And I laugh about it because when I first saw it, I was like, oh my goodness. But when I think about it, black women, black people represent around 2% in the gaming industry. What? So it was actually so it was historic. Newsworthy, newsworthy yes, for people. it was newsworthy. I mean, it got over like 12,000 reactions or something. Exactly. Must have got like hundreds of thousands of impressions yes. just from a photo. I saw, I was like, oh my God. It was getting to a point where I was like, am I going to get like a million impressions? Like, Probably got close. Yeah. I mean, I guess I need to check now because like. You might already have it. <laughs> honestly, like, and so. But a million views on a photo is crazy. That's crazy. And <laughs> you think about it, that's the power of representation though. Mm. Think about it. Because just my one I just got in, like, was enough to be like, wow. And that's because we're out here, but we're not represented enough. So now that you got the journey, let's talk about what it's like to actually be in the role. So technical product, it's technical product managers, technical program managers are very similar to game producers. They're honestly arguably the same, but there's a difference between AAA studios and indie studios. A AAA studio is like, the big studios. So like, um, I'm naming the ones within Minecraft, like three of uh, like within Xbox, like three, four, three, um, Mojang studios, but also I'm thinking about blizzard or I'm thinking about riot. And some people are gonna be like, yo, you're saying some of the same studios, but I'm still ramping up in this space. If that makes sense, even though I've been in this space for a while. Okay. But there's a difference between working there versus working at an indie game studio, which I get it. Working in a AAA studio as a technical program manager, just like a game producer, your goal is to make sure that we are able to ship on time and we're shipping at quality. And that was the difference between like a technical product manager versus just a program manager is our flow was like the program manager would come to me saying like, this is the business value of what we need to create in Minecraft. And so let's create it. And these are the customer needs. I'm like, cool. This is what we need to create. 
let me work with the developers and the architects and the testers to make sure we are actually creating a quality product and working with them to be like, okay, what does this look like for success? And I mean, from like a performance level too, like what do we want our crash rate to be obviously zero, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what do we want world low time to be? What do we, what are our performance metrics? What are our stability metrics? How do we ensure that we're architecting the right things? How can I be um, proactive with my risk, which is a really big thing. And when I say proactive, my risk is like, I know we're shipping this thing. What are all the possible ways this can go wrong? Right. But in the right, right way, but like per each area. And that's why collaboration is so key because in this big studio, I was able to work with the QA lead. So that's someone that's focusing on all the possible things you can test in a game, working with that lead, working with my dev lead, working with my RM lead. That's my release manager. So they're focused on how do we make sure we get Minecraft on all these different platforms? I had to work with all these folks so they can define in their areas. These are the risks. These are the things we need to look out for. So being a technical program manager really gave me that appreciation for what it takes to get something shipped, but also more importantly, what it takes to get something shipped at quality. Because what I do pride myself with, and that's because of my experience with Matter Studios, and just in general, just being in positions to run so many teams is I'm very people focused. And so if you can combine ensuring that everyone is feeling empowered to do their best work, and also there's holistic alignment on what the goal is you're trying to ship, and you're working together to get to that goal, and you're working together to define that goal in the first place to make sure everyone's carried along the journey. Your then... bag manager. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> so like, those are all the things. So working on Minecraft, it gave me a lot of appreciation on like that whole process, but also it was cool because I was part YouTube host. Like I was on their show. I had like a little segment. Um, if you check me out on Minecraft now, every single month I hosted block buzz. And so I got to tell people about literally what's buzzing on the block. <laughs> tell them. I didn't even know that kind of like media ecosystem existed as a part of Minecraft until I saw you on that <laughs> show. <laughs> and like, mind you, that shows you more of who I am because that had nothing to do with my job. And trust me, it was communicated clearly to me. It had nothing to do with my job. But I was me utilizing, I am working with this big brand. I need to leverage this. And I am very passionate about being on camera. That's my happy place. So I was fortunate enough that they gave me opportunities to like exercise that. But overall, like that gave me the tool to be where I am today as an associate games producer for Decoy Games, which I, thank oh, you. you. You jumped right into it. I don't even really have to ask these questions. <laughs> Look! So Look! today you are a part of Decoy Games. You joined them really recently. I think you're four weeks yeah, four into weeks the in. job. Mm -hmm. So why did you decide to join Decoy Games? How did you meet the Decoy Games people? What is Decoy Games? Oh, I got so much to say. First of all, let's just say Decoy Games, it's a dope studio. Also, it's a Black-owned game studio. And let me like, let me emphasize that. Black-owned game studio. I already told you we represent a very small percentage in this industry at large. So you can only imagine what those stats are for successful game studios, successful indie game studios at that, run by us, okay? So Decoy Games, again, I met 
I met first I met Ahmed because I was hosting a panel on black game devs when I was like at Minecraft. And then after that, he introduced me to his brother and even just like meeting them. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful they exist. Okay, mind you, I had no idea about the opportunity. Like I had, I didn't know where this was going to go. But eventually when the opening came out for associate game producer, and again, it was like also a conversation. I was like, once I understood the vision and I like was like, yo, like this is the first time for me to actually be in a place where I can just be it was a no brainer for me. It reminded me why I got into the games industry in the first place. And that is to improve representation and really minimize bias and like, you know, change and make history. And that is like why I made the decision to work with a black owned game studio as well. So Decoy Games founded by Ahmed and Khalil Abdullah, they first made their game and it was really just the two of them and um, a designer it was Swim Sanity, and it's a really dope game. It was super successful. It's been on multiple platforms. And so now we're working on something pretty dope. So any person that's like in the game industry knows, this is where I say NDA, bleep this whole thing. I probably can't talk about anything else from here, but I can say enough so you know what like the studio is, but I'm really under NDA, so I can't talk about like anything that we're working on, but I'll say what we're working on is dope. And dope in a part where it's like it's not a team where it's not Damn, take your word for it <laughs> i know i mean you have to so i'm getting everyone that's like in the industry is probably gonna be cackling when they hear this because they like they know it's nda central so like that's what it is but i'm saying this is like this is it's it's level two it's a big team we are it's around 20 to 30 of us it like this is like this is amazing like it's an indie game studio I realize I live at the intersection of tech and media. And I think when it comes to representation in these industries, a lot of it is access. And I mean access to information, access to understanding that there's so many different paths that you don't always need to go to college to be in these paths, especially being in the gaming industry. And I'm like, how can I like share this knowledge with folks, but also tell folks about my journey and the things I've learned. Where is Jewel taking her life next? Jewel Enterprises! <laughs> no, where am I going next is... And how can people yeah. watching support you? And yeah. is there anybody that you might want to connect with who's watching in whatever industry you can think of? Yeah. Okay. Well, first thing to follow me, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know I'm going to like... Um, but currently, you can follow me on Instagram, Jewels of the Nile, and that's with the Z. There's context, but just just follow me at Jewels of the Nile. Whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're in the tech industry, whether you're in gaming, or you just want to learn more, like I want to grow my network with the curious, like the, those who are curious and those who are driven to like execute on their dreams, even though they're still trying to figure it out. Like I'm, I love to work with the dreamers. Well, thank you so much, Jewel, for joining me today on Intersection, and this was great. Thank you!